Hi everyone, today I'm here with Jody to talk about exercise, physical activity and all things health and improved life experience and how it is easy or not easy to achieve it all the time. So Jody, please introduce yourself in a few words. Okay, well, thanks, Kata. It's really great to be here. Um, so I'm Jody Woodford. I'm a restorative health expert. I help women who are 40 and over go from fat, frumpy, and ultra frustrated to strong in their bodies and slim in their genes and um, serene in their minds. Awesome. How do you do that? <laughs> Good question. Um, I start with people where they are and I take them to where they want to be. So um, the best way of working with me is a custom program that lasts for six months and it goes through five different phases. So the first phase is all about getting rid of all of the crap and shit and bullshit that you probably still believe. So it's a decluttering phase. And then it's going into systemized, uh, system, building systems, systematization. And uh, then it's optimizing and then it's tweaking and testing. And then it's basically building you a whole new autopilot. Um, I work with women one-to-one uh, -one so that there's only um, them and me and um, everything else that comes up in between is tailored and customed to exactly what they're trying to achieve. Um, I find that women at this stage of their lives have been around the planet enough times to know that there is no silver bullet, there is no um, you know uh, magic wand that you can wave, um, they've given up on the gimmicks. They've probably tried more than enough things to realize what doesn't work for them and maybe feel a little bit disheartened um, to think that maybe nothing will work for them. And so I think my main message to women at this stage of their lives is, no, you are not a lost cause. Yes, there is hope. You probably just need a lot more handholding than you think. And it's probably going to take a little bit longer than you'd like. Um, which is why I get people saying to me, okay, right, I just need this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, great. And you're going to work with me for six months. And the person is like, no, no, but I just need this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, yes. And you're going to work with me for six months because <laughs> it takes time, you know? And I think what we're going to dive into in this conversation is things take time. It, you need to be consistent. There's going to be days when you're going to fall off the wagon. And what I want to stop um, happening to women all over the world is that they fall off the wagon, become a lost cause and never get back on it again because they believe that there is no hope. Um, and of course, this is what we're going to dive into in this conversation. You know, how how on your worst days do you still get up and do all the things that you know that you have to do if you want to age backwards, basically? and not get to be an old, fat, frustrated woman who is just unhappy with life by the time she gets to 90. So there we go, that, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> Brilliant. So what is your deepest personal mover to do all this? Because we all have some story behind. It's not just, oh, wait, today I woke up and I realized that I will be this expert from tomorrow and we'll do all things fascinating. And although there is no silver bullet or the magic wand, I still will just use them. 
So what yeah. was your personal mover? What was your personal reason to start this path? Um, well, it's, it's a bit of a, a long, well, let's make it a short story. So um, have you read the book by Paolo Coelho called The Alchemist? No. Okay. It is a story about a little boy who um, is looking for something. And um, he is so determined to find what he's looking for that he travels all around the world and has all these adventures and he tries loads of different things and he's still not content because he still hasn't found what he's looking for. And so he eventually comes back to his homeland and he finds what he's looking for right on his doorstep. And that is basically the story of my life. Um, I have always been um, sporty. And when I was growing up, and, and it's always come easily to me, movements always come easily. Um, it's something that I had a gift for when I was little and I took it really far and I became an elite, an elite athlete like you, took it to a really high level. And um, when I was growing up and in my formative years, um, my mother particularly said to me, you should go and study human movement. You should go and study physiotherapy. You should go and study osteopathy. And because it was my mother, I was like, oh no, I'm not listening to anything you've got to say. I'm going to go and do the complete opposite. So instead of you know going to the University of Cape Town, which was relatively close to home and studying human movement, I went to the UK and did French and media studies at the University of Sussex in Brighton on the South Coast, which is 6,000 miles away from my home. And that then took me into a career which was ridiculously, um, yeah, ridiculous. I had five jobs in five years trying to fit myself into different corporate environments until I eventually thought, Jesus, I'm just wasting my time. This is soul destroying. I know. I'll go and do something else. So I'd already started um, learning about Pilates and everything body-based when I was at university and I got an injury. And um, I went back in 2009 and started studying to be a Pilates instructor thinking, okay, well, I know this works. Um, and then in 2011, I suffered a personal tragedy and left my um, corporate job behind and just carried on with the movement. And then it got to a point where I couldn't get rid of my own body issues just using Pilates. So I started studying neurokinetic therapy and that's got me to a different level now where my body actually works again and it's my main tool when I'm working with my clients. Um, but it probably won't stop there. I think after this, I'll probably go and study acupuncture and um, there's some mindset modalities that are also, you know, talking to me. But um, I think basically my main motivation is keep it simple and do what you do best. And if I'd listened to my mum, I would have started on this journey 20 years ago <laughs> instead of only 10 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my motivation, I think. That's what got me going. <laughs> that's brilliant i really like this angle of, of just because my mom said i won't do it and it's like kicking ourselves in the leg that oh come on could i be just a bit less to burn and then i would be how much further away in in the pot that that is good for me but on the other hand we might not realize that it's good so maybe it would be the other way around so after 10 years being in sport medicine or or some movement exercise profession you might be on the other end saying, nah, it's it's just not working. So it's it's really funny how everything is just interrelated and, and turns out to to lead us to a direction where we actually subconsciously want to go. 
and yeah, um, I, mean, I think I'm I, I would imagine that you're the same as well I don't know if it comes with this athlete's mindset but there's this idea that you know I have to kind of I kind of have to push and I have to really you know like be disciplined and I have to you know like it has to be hard um and I think I was very much you know I was a diver like a like a springboard diver and it's such a difficult such a precise such a painful sport that I think if I'm not in precision or pain or you know trying to push through something it almost feels as if I'm not trying and I think that's what I did in the first whatever period of my life when I was trying to be this corporate animal it was like oh this is hard it must be right and I think what I've come to realize is oh this is hard this is probably not right but it took a very very long time to get to that place and again I think it comes back to you know my ideal client who is a woman who is at least 40 and over because she's been past all that bullshit and now just wants to settle down into a pattern that's gonna you know work for her until the end of her days type thing and she doesn't want it to be hard and she doesn't want it to be frustrating and she doesn't want it to be painful um no matter how stubborn she is uh you know <laughs> it's this it's this willingness to just lean into what actually works for you and still get results for from it even though it may seem a complacent almost lazy almost too simple kind of way of doing things you know it's yeah, I think I'm one of those people, maybe like you, who loves to complicate things and wants it to be hard or wanted it to be hard. Can you relate? I, I pretty much, yes. So I, I see this thing that, that for a certain age, I'm all for dare. So I would never say no to a dare. I dare you, you can't do it. Of course I can do it. I mean, I got a husband out of there because one of my colleagues said that I would never last in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu club for a month. I lasted three months and got a husband out of it. So <laughs> it was a bit. Well done, but congratulations. <laughs> but still, it's like like there is this point that no, I can do it. No, I will do it. No, I I I will be that person who conquers. Oh, you broke a leg in between. Well, whatever, it makes me stronger. No, it yeah. doesn't. It broke your leg. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> you have to get to the point when you realize that just because there was a time you could do it just because there was a time it seemed a good idea it not necessary is so you're old enough to decide that will that actually bring anything to your life if you do an iron man next year it will take up yes <laughs> no one can see your face but yeah i mean it would be super cool but at the moment i don't dare to bike down from a hill and would sink in the water after like two kilometers which is actually quite cool because maybe that covers the distance but i don't even run or like running because i feel bored and the clouds are more interesting than anything after 10 kilometers so it would be cool to do an ironman but i'm not sure if i'm the right person for doing an ironman in a year's time yeah and, and it's it's really important to realize that there are things that looks really cool and really inviting and as you said the athlete part in us says yes let's do this but on the other hand will this actually be so good to my life that i will give up four to six hours weekly that i could spend with my family and then spend that amount of money on physiotherapy because obviously I know how to train so I would get injured most probably in the first year or if not sooner 
So these things are just just there, and there is there is a certain age um, when we got to the point that yes, we can do this for the fun. We can I can do the Ironman in four days because then it's not a not that um, really pressing. But but it's not necessarily needs to be done, and um, as you said, it also brings this um, real stress with it that do we good enough? There will be the days when I'm not good enough for myself and if, if it's it's a high achievement like this unrealistic uh, environment it's even harder to get back to to the way where we were so um it's much easier to find something that is actually supporting our lifestyle which are actually in line with our lifestyle and i'm not saying that an ironman couldn't be that thing because by all means what everyone to do <laughs> own preferences um but then then we should not aim for something that will uh, make it much harder to be consistent and as you said this is a really key point and uh, here i have the question for you that have you ever had these points when you rather just grab the ice cream out of the kids' hands and sit down and watch Netflix all day instead of doing what you're supposed to do. Ha, huh. okay, so this is the key, isn't it, really? How do we stay consistent? Um, you know, how do we stay in our good habits and all the rest of it? So I actually have within my program two kind of bookends. So I um have a whole section of the program which is given over to testing and tweaking so once we've put all of this stuff in place that suits you that goes that goes hand in hand with what your goals and your objectives are how then does it hold up how does it hold up to the stresses and strains of life so for example we've just got you on this wondrous sugar free diet and you've lost 10 kilos and you're feeling amazing and oh shit christmas is down the road and oh no i just ate you know too much candy too much panettone and you know it's all it's all gone horribly wrong how then do i what do i do so there's a whole section of the program where we're actually tweaking and testing and tweaking and testing to make sure that everything that we've built on is livable is sustainable right and and is eventually um ultimately quite enjoyable and easy to rectify for those days when you do fall off the wagon um because i think everybody's expectations when they hire a coach or a personal trainer or all the rest of it is right i've got this person my results are going to be linear i'm going to go from here to here in a straight line and it's going to be amazing and unfortunately it's not the results aren't linear it's up and down and up and down and up and down and i think the difference when you have a coach or an expert or you know someone like us who works with people one-to-one -one, is you have someone to hold your hand during those periods where you're up and down and up and down and up and down so then what we've got to do is make sure that you know how to hold your own hand when you stop working with us and you still go up and down and up and down. So there's this whole section of the program that's built into testing and tweaking to make sure that you know how to get back on the wagon when you've fallen off. And it, and it, and it varies for everybody. It really, really varies for everybody. And then I also have this little, like, um, what's it called? Like, I think I call it the seven steps to getting back on the bandwagon which is what I use for myself, which is, okay, I've fallen off the bandwagon. Wonderful. What am I going to do about it? Okay. Right. When am I going to do this? Okay. So it's kind of, I give myself seven days 
to wallow in a tub of ice cream and self-pity and self-flagellation. And then I'm like, right, okay, in those seven days, I've gone back to what is the minimum viable, you know, plan for me. And how do I put it into action? Okay, right, this is it. So, I mean, I think, um, you, yeah, it's, it's, it's treating it from this emotional quadrant of self-worth and self-esteem rather than self-determination. I think you can give yourself as many, you know, hits on the head and as much, you know, verbal bashing, telling yourself that you're crap and that this is not good enough and that you've, you know, you're just useless and it's never going to work and no, 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 no. Or you can think, okay, I've fallen off. This is where I am. Why has this happened? How can I prevent this happening again? And how can I get back on the bandwagon? And the reason why I give myself these seven steps is because I try not, try, big keyword, I try not to sit and eat ice cream and, you know, wallow in self-pity for more than seven days. I kind of give myself a week to give myself a, you know, a gentle slap around the head and neck and then get myself back on the, back on the, back on the road to righteousness, shall we say. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, would you say, how, how would you define, how do you define for yourself falling off from the wagon? Because obviously uh, life is quite busy. So it's just one thing I'm planning out for every minute, what I'm going to do on the day. But then uh, let's say I should have my tea between 10.30 and 10.38. And then something comes in and I have to pee. And it's like, oh no, it's like 10.40, I finish my tea. Am I already off the wagon? Or it's rather like, okay, then I will just cross the toilet time off from another time point because I'm already done with that and I'm still on the road. So how do you, what's, what's the smallest unit where you would say that, okay, that's, that's really looking like deterring from the road you, you chose and how to, how to catch yourself in that moment and how to find the, is there any way to find yourself before you start to beat up yourself and go for the ice cream? Yes, definitely. I think, um, again, I'm, I'm just going to bring it back to how I work with clients is when we're doing the first section, which is all of this decluttering. I think a lot of what you're saying now comes up, you know, I have been told in the past that I should wee between 10.30 and 10.38 every Tuesday morning. I have been given these exercises by a physiotherapist in the past because I have terrible back pain and I have to do these ones four times and these ones five times and these ones seven times. I um, read in a guru, fitness guru's um, manual for life in two years ago that I should only eat Brussels sprouts on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and you know, blah de blah de blah. And usually, that person is super miserable because it's too, um, it's too constraining. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm going to bring it back to you know, women who are over forty. We're done with that. You know, we know that that is just is not going to work. Is you know, I can try and pee Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays between ten thirty and ten thirty eight, but it's just not going to be sustainable. So what I try and do in that first section is get the person to say, okay, when am I most likely to exercise? And if the answer is never, then the answer is never. Okay, but 
most of us have a time in the day when we know that it's going to be easier to get our fat ass into our leggings and do some bloody Pilates rather than at other times, okay? So if you don't exercise in the evening, don't try and exercise in the evening. If you don't like green smoothies, don't try and shove them down your chops three times a week because you think it's going to make you feel better and everybody on the internet is telling you that it's going to feel better. So I think it's already getting that level of clarity and then that helps you as well to build up an early warning system where, again, you the way we start is you, you build up this minimum viable plan for yourself. What do you have to do every day that makes for a good day? So when you go to bed at night, what have you done in that day that makes you think, oh, right, today was a good day, okay? And then how do you perpetuate that feeling to every day of the week? And then how do you perpetuate that feeling to every day of the month? And then how do you build up this kind of minimum viable plan that then becomes your system, right? And then when your system is working really, really, really well, you've got these early warning signals where you're like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't go for my 20 minute morning walk um, twice last week. Why is that? What's getting in the way? You know, and you, you go back and kind of system check. Um, so you you build up the this this baseline, this like foundation of when I do this, I feel better. So I should do more of it. How do I get more of it? Well, by doing it at the times when in a way or at the times or with the people that work best for me. So so my plan, I'll take, I'll take you through my plan. My plan is, is super complicated. Basically, I have to move my body every day. Um, I have to move it in an intentional way every day. Doesn't matter what that looks like, but I know what my favorites are. I love Pilates, I love swimming, and I love walking. I work so much better when I've got a friend who is waiting for me who's going to do it with me. So I try and, you know, recruit friends at different times of the week to come and do different things with me, and including Saturday and Sunday. And that is about it. Yeah, that is what works for me. And, and for me, my early warning system, because I've got big problems in my body is when I don't keep my body up to a certain level of fitness, it starts to really hurt. I've got, I've had so much abdominal surgery. I've got a problem with my lower back. If I don't do what I should, then my back starts to hurt. And that makes me feel really miserable and tired and grouchy. So there we go. That's, I mean, it's as simple as that really. Yeah, that, that was a really nice explanation. And um, the only thing that I would just, um, say to it that that um as you said it's it's more like the consistency of what you do so you should maybe not dwell too much if one day wasn't as you planned as you said like okay it was more days when it didn't happen and that's where you start to think that something is coming into the way so consistency will yeah it will have the key to to the success so just because uh you averaged nine activity out of 10 the week it doesn't mean that you're off the wagon off the wagon starts like when i don't know four out of the week was happening and and uh, not the rest and that's why you really have to um readjust your whole system to think that okay the six that did not happen didn't happen because i was just lazy and didn't do it or because some really really reasonable obstacle was in the way yeah, and then if absolutely. it was reasonable, then you just uh, reevaluate and and either find a solution that that obstacle is not really contradicting your actions that you want to take, or you 
alter the action so it will not contradict the objection <laughs> against that thing so it's it's more like how we um just fluently changing the life to drive to the direction we want to go and and support consistency and who knows maybe we will do that ironman on the end of the year right i mean it's in hawaii <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, consistency is key. And I think consistency is the hardest thing because I think people automatically set themselves up for failure. They go running for the first time in a long time and think, wow, I feel amazing. I'm going to do it every day. And then they don't. And, and the then they start running. Um. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, why are you doing that to yourself? You like running. Good. So maybe do it again next week. Wonderful. You know, what else do you like? I think, yeah, it's expectations and it's expecting the results to be linear. You know, you, life isn't linear. Show me something that's linear, that works really well in life, and I'll pay you a million bucks. Most things in life have seasons, they have, you know, moods, they have phases. Take the moon, take the sea, take, you know, nature, take animals. We're the only animal that doesn't hibernate. Someone explain that to me, please. Why can I not just go to bed now until March, you know? Everything has phases and cycles and seasons, including us, and especially, especially us women. It's, you know, we are cyclical beings and we should respect that. Yeah, and I think that would be a really nice ending for this episode and uh, lots of thoughts there to think about for everyone. So just one more time, if someone wants to reach out to you and uh, hear more of your ideas and, and how you function, work, and help others where can they do that uh the best two places to find me is on my website um which is jodywoodford.com and um maybe we can put it in the show notes or something because my name is not the yes. best way <laughs> it's the easiest there. name to remember <laughs> yeah exactly and then another place where people um can see where I'm going live all the time and often, you know, saying the do's and don'ts of, you know, what how to make yourself wondrous as a woman who's over 40 um, is in my free Facebook group, which is called the Three V's Club. Awesome. So these will most definitely be in the show notes. So thank you very much for this conversation. And yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to you more, actually. Thanks very much. Thanks. I really appreciated the uh, opportunity. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Reform Your Lifestyles show. If you want to know more about me or about my guests, go visit www.reformyourlifestyle.com and there you can find all the information, previous podcast episodes, and more. Hope to have you back soon.